Welcome to Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. C.H. Siddons. Hey, Mr. Siddons. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy summer of 22. We're here. We're here. Of course, Mr. Peter Crable, Mr. Crabes. Ah, summer. Best time of the year. The best time of the year. And this is the show, Ed's Not Dead. You can find us on Twitter at Ed's Not Dead PC. And of course, check us out on the website. I'm sure Mr. Siddons has a new blog post up, ednotdead.com. As always, Ed's Not Dead is brought to you by Ed's Not Dead Media, full-service educational media company specializing in leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. It is indeed great to be back. This is the penultimate episode of season six. That's correct, right? Season six, That's not right. season seven. Season no, six. Uh, season five. Season five. <laughs> season yeah. Five. <laughs> okay. So, right. so let me ask you this. I need to interject because what, what's what's the best month of summer? Uh, there's no there's no debate. The best month of summer. Well, I'll let you. I will let you two go first. Well, if they're so definitive that you know already, you just want me to lay down the gauntlet. Mine's yeah. June. I'm a June. Oh, yeah, it's I'm, June. I'm, I'm, uh, you nailed it, Mr. Sidney. Yeah, I was going to say June, June too. Okay. It's June all the way. Yeah. I mean, so, once the kids let out, I mean, it's just there's, there's a quiet that cannot be compared. So you stole my lead because Sorry. That, that, no, that's good. That's what we were going to first talk about. Um, it is it is it is the summer. It was a very long and grueling, excruciating school year for many educators out there. Right. Us included. Robbie, would you you've been in education longer than us? Compare this to it was this year the, other than Zoom years was it the craziest? Yeah, the the most tumultuous. Yes, it was. It was. Um, I'd be curious to see what you all think. Um, it was by far and away the the most challenging school year that I've experienced in twenty eight years. Um, Even more than like your first year teaching. Yeah, because I mean, at least back in those days. And then, you know, for most of your careers, you, you kind of knew what to expect every day. Um, you know, there was kind of a consistency and, you know, education is kind of like a metronome. You come in and it's, you know, you got your bells. You have a common experience at least. Day. With- yeah. And I mean, there's variation and it's a great profession in that you don't watch the clock because you're always busy and you're always right. engaged if you're doing your job well, but but there is, you know, there's, there are lots of traditions and rituals in education. Right. Um, it's, how, it's how you mark the passage of time. Yeah. I mean, ri- I mean, True. education is as ritualized a profession as you can find. And I do think a lot of those were turned upside down during the pandemic. And this year, you know, there was the, some of those rituals traditions didn't seem to work anymore, maybe. Um there's so much that we had to throw out the window, I feel like. Yeah. So before we get to that, because we're going to talk a little bit about that, but let's get back to summer because uh, let's, let's, let's not get Sorry. too heavy. Right <laughs> um, yeah. I always, I always, when I was training principals, I always told principals one of the most wonderful feelings and Mr. Krabs, you're going to have this um, a year from now mm-hmm. and Mr. Siddons eventually uh, is that first day when you drive to work, it's the day after the the professional day for teachers and staff is gone. Kids are gone and you you're on the road on your way to work and you're like, oh, it's just <laughs> the quiet. It's just, it's a, yeah. it's not even a, it's not even a physical quiet. It's a, it's an, a, an emotional mental quiet. Yeah. 
It yeah. just kind of is fantastic. For me, it's like, maybe I'll go out and get a sandwich for lunch today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's dumb stuff, you know what I mean? But yep. just kind of like the immediacy of the pressure of like, by this time, by this time, by this right. time, and then this, and then go, and then blah, you know? Yeah. I had, I had, I had two full days basically by myself and it was amazing. And I had, uh, I got to rearrange my office from top to bottom. It was like a new beginning. Yeah. How about the, how about the decline in email? Oh yeah. You I go, said, oh, it's amazing. I, I, yeah, I check all, it like during the year and I'm like, nobody's emailing me. Is yeah. it working? <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It just, it just the spigot the spigot turns off. It just from, turns off. It essentially there's, stops. There's no slowdown. It's just off. It's just off. <laughs> and it's it's kind of amazing. And and you know, having done this for a long time, there is something in the mid-Atlantic about where we are in June that you know, you get these really kind of awful, overwhelming hot days at the end of May around Memorial Day, and you start to think, okay, summer's here early June, you know, the AC in your building doesn't work and everybody's <laughs> dying. And then all of a sudden in mid June, right about the time school gets out, you get this spell of like gorgeous June, low mm-hmm. humidity, blue sky weather. And it kind of coincides every year with the end of school. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you got the longest day of the year. Um, it's just, it's, it, it is a magical time. Yeah. Let me, let me ask a question. How long does it take you of the sort of very quiet, you know, no kids, et cetera, before you get a little bored with it. (laughs) Um, How long do you think you last? I'm kind of, we're in the second week of no, of school being out. Yeah. What I actually try to hold on to, because I love to hold on, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good feelings, good news junkie. Yeah. So I keep reminding myself that school just got out to kind of get continue to get that last day of school feeling. Yeah. Um, but it's starting to dimin- be diminished some. It's going away. Um, I think by I think by the time mid-July comes around, I'm ready for I'm ready for more intense work. Mm-hmm. A little bit a little bit more action, right? Yeah, a little bit more yeah. action, a little a little bit more of a tempo and buzz right planning getting ready yeah i'm not ready for that right now i don't know about you guys or you know i I mean if i had to do that right now i could but i wouldn't i i i my mindset is not there yeah yeah now i was gonna say um definitely by early august last week of july maybe first week august you're kind of like stuck in that in between you're just like yeah you're not really one thing or the other but I was just kind of curious what your timeline was because for me it does sort of go away and and I'm like all right this was kind of fun yeah. for two weeks so, or three weeks or whatever but now it's so this is this is kind of related to school but and I think we've I think we've had this discussion fellas we've been doing the pod so long Ed's not dead that we've we're we're probably rehashing stuff and and loyal listeners will say oh yeah they talked about that before but <laughs> I've said to you all remember what I've said about July fourth. The, no, the most depressing day of the year. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's the summer. It's all downhill from July. I know. It I is, know. It so, is. do you agree with that, though? Oh man, because because my wife thinks I'm a lunatic because <laughs> she says, "How can you say that? The summer ends Labor Day. There's still virtually two months left. How can you say that it's 
for oh. for many years i felt that way okay like the, the, it was over and everything was kind of like you know it was sort of like a, a letdown got a little a little sad um but for whatever reason last year no and this year i've even you know we're when this comes out it will be basically july maybe on july 4th actually and I, you know, I'm not not feeling any of that this year. And for me, part of it was I did the the Dodd thing, and I went on vacation immediately uh, after school let out. And Casey did too. I and did, I did too. And I, all three of us did actually. Yeah, it was and a that, good move. Oh, it's, the, the, it's move. the move. It's yeah. a good move. That turbocharges your summer right there. It yeah. does. And that's amazing. And you <laughs> shut down. The only thing, the only so thing I, I, the only so thing quick. I would have rather it is to extend it a little longer ah, <laughs> i think i think august one is the the, the there's yeah. no turning back yeah i agree for I me would. that's like july is come and go but august one once once eight one hits my calendar it's like oh boy here we go it's getting real it's getting yeah. real it kind of feels like when you get to august i what i've always said about new year's day that seems new year's day to me has always gone on forever you're just <laughs> you're just kind of waiting for it to be over and you know you may be in various states of disrepair <laughs> what happened the night before but it that's that's how august starts to feel yeah and around here it's just hot and just awful <laughs> um well uh, i'm glad you guys got away so you had fun trips uh, all three of us did the beach. Yep. That's look at I'm you, dude. Mr. Siddons is a beach. Uh, Mr. Craves, Mr. Siddons doing the beach now. Yeah, I feel like that's not much a, to my chagrin. A traditional uh, Siddons vacation. No, we always go to the beach. I just don't like going. <laughs> you do? Well, that's okay. But, and everybody, everybody gives me a lot of flack for it, and I'm just like, I, I go because everybody else likes to go. I, I don't. If I could choose, I would prefer not to, but. I'll go. Do you get in the water? Do you swim? I would. I rarely get into the water. Oh, no. well, yeah. yeah. Why would I you want to go to the beach if you don't go in the water? It's you can't even see your feet. Like what? What? You don't even know what's down there. It could be a shark. Could be a stingray. Oh, so we, have some, we have some phobes. Uh, no, I, I don't think about that as much. It's just like uh, most of the time, it's just because it's too cold. What do you dislike more, the ocean or lakes? Oh man, I would rather be on a lake. Oh God. That's <laughs> I know there's nothing there that could kill me. I've never liked (laughs) this is true. Maybe a catfish or a large snapping turtle. A a copperhead snake. (laughs) A a water moccasin snake. Well, I've never liked the feeling of mud between my toes. No, man. Oh, if I could could not be on the shore, I mean, the the algae is just disgusting. Yeah, it's not not great. Um, No, no. But the worst part of it is sunscreen and sand it's just terrible it's terrible you don't like sand oh see it Do doesn't you, it gets everywhere it's like glitter it doesn't phase me do you know who i've turned into in recent years no the wearing a shirt on the guy on, <laughs> on, on on hold on i mess it up wearing a shirt on the beach and in the water guy oh yeah I, I, in I, the water dude oh, i get very, i get sunburn on i get sunburn, sunburn on day one my shoulders man yeah that's very sunburn day one and then i have to wear it for the suspect. rest of the week and <laughs> yeah. i sit i sit under the umbrella and i read <laughs> that the umbrella is the umbrella is good i do like the umbrella more i can't sometimes i do the towel over my body 
Um, and I always do a baseball cap now, but my body is so like shriveled and old. <laughs> that, that it's, it's I made like, I made a, I started to make a power play move this year with, with financially, which is to pay the, the 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 young folks to put in an umbrella for you. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good move. It's amazing. Why would Great I ever cap. buy my own umbrella again? You got your own cabana boy, huh? Yeah. So real, really quick about the beach. Did you take Frida up to? <laughs> did you take Frida up to the up to Funland in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware? No, the only thing that I would hate more than the beach would be a carnival like atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no, I did not go to Funland because it would not be fun for anybody around that land to have me <laughs> and Frida around there. Crable, have you taken the kids to Funland yet? Uh no, but I I went camping on Assateague in okay. Well, that's April. not fun land. Okay, yeah. No, l- listen to the whole story, oh, guy. Right. That's that's <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So I took them to uh the boardwalk at Ocean City. Okay, and so we did some of the crappy stuff there. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so you like yeah. went <laughs> you went you went Ocean City boardwalk first for the kids versus yes. Rehoboth versus Beach boardwalk. Funland. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah, my we dad got a, my dad got a a cup of boardwalk fries at the beach at Thrashers. Which, I don't even know where it was, but it was uh, Ocean City. Frida, Frida, Frida had her first boardwalk fries experience mm, with some peanut so, oil so good with vinegar and salt yeah. Ugh, gross why would you put you don't uh, you gotta, gotta you, get down here by the ocean you know vinegar no you don't put vinegar to make food taste good <laughs> you are not you are not a crab picking flatlander like us <laughs> <laughs> i love crabs you're I just don't from, like to put vinegar. What from, does it say about your food when you have to put vinegar on it to make it taste good? Mr. Crable, tell me you've had you've had vinegar oh, yeah. on oh. on boardwalk fries. Yes. When I took the kids in April, we got we stood in line, dumb line for Thrasher's fries, and there you go. Put vinegar and extra salt on them. Ugh, and then my next go-to move is that I go to Core Brothers Soft Serve. Oh, Core Brothers is delish, and I get the orange and vanilla. Orange and vanilla, why? Uh, there's nothing better than the dream sickle. It is not that's why that. it's called a dream sickle. It's a I've dream. I've not had that. And then I go home. Or <laughs> on the way home, sleep. I go to Royal Farms and I get a 16 ounce coffee and then I go <laughs> into a catatonic state. When I get home, <laughs> it's uh, that's my that's lie on the floor of the bathroom. That's you know, my routine at the cradle in the, the toilet. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. That so I, I, I will say, since I've had an effect on you somewhat with the with your beach trips right after school gets out, you should both take your small children to Funland at some point. I was it was it's, recommended that I bring Frida there, and I was like, uh, a little too young for her. Right and now. She's, no, she's, she's the, not. So, so let me, really? explain, let me explain Funland to you. The reason why Funland, Funland is an institution in Rehoboth Beach is because, A, it's a very cool retro, like, slice out of mid-century, even earlier. And there's a series of little kid rides for yeah. one, two, three, four-year-olds. Oh, nice. Five-year-olds that have literally been in Funland since probably the 40s and 50s. There's the boats and the airplanes and the swings and you put your three-year-old or two-year-old in those and you watch them and you literally cry. (laughs) Uh, And it's just, it's like a magical thing. You gotta go go to Funland. That would be fun. All right. You sold me. 
Yeah, I mean, you just totally. And Casey, I'm I'm generally with you where stuff like that sounds like my own personal version of hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I took the kids, I got we did like some ar- the arcade and yeah, you know, it's a blast. And, like, and you know, Pearl, you know, she was three at the time, and we were doing there. There's silly three year old games or whatever, and I can't say it was like my greatest day ever, but they, you know, they had a good time. They That's good. Blast. They they have they have a blast, and and it's funny. When I was, I'll leave you with this on the summer trip stuff. When I was a kid in the seventies, Mr. Crabs, my, my brother and sister and I, we had a place in Bethany and we would beg our mother to let us go to the ocean city boardwalk, ocean city, Maryland boardwalk to the, to the rides. Um, and she was a little snooty about taking us down there. I think she kind of looked down her nose somewhat at the ocean mm. city boardwalk, but we, she would take us to Rehoboth. Yeah. Mm. Um, but Ocean City had the really great scary rides. Yeah. Um, and so, but it's a little after 10 o'clock at night, it gets a little, little dicey. Uh, the teenagers. The teenagers are on the board. Vaping. <laughs> vaping. Yeah. No. <laughs> How many people did you see vaping down there, Mr. Crable? A lot, uh, was, of, va- it, lot of vapors. It was empty. Yeah. I mean, it was April. It, so it was, oh, it was April. There weren't a yeah, lot of people. No. Yeah. no. Um, All right. So let's before, get back. on before we, yeah, I'm going to, it's education related, but. Because we always forget until the end of the show. Yes. So I am going to promote Mr. Sidden's uh, blog post. Ooh. Still out there. Uh, I, lo- I looked it up so that I wouldn't forget. Uh, What's the what name it of it? <laughs> and I forget. What is it? It's about asking, <laughs> it quiz. It's about asking questions. I, I, mentioned, I mentioned it to start the show. Oh, but we didn't, we didn't say what it was called. You got to... <sighs> I, well, we promoted it on on oh, the last. It's called. Episode. Does it? It's it's does called. Does this make sense? Does this right. make sense? Oh, does uh, this make sense? Right. Okay. And we promoted it, but we promoted it at like the one hour mark at the very end of the show. So anyway, so and if you listen to if you listen to Bill Burr's podcast, he has a comment and a snide comment about people who ask, "Does this make sense?" <laughs> and it made it made my day because I was like, "Oh man, maybe he read my blog." <laughs> and then uh, the second the second one is apropos here is is the golden state warriors just won yet another championship you may recall casey probably not you robbie several years ago i wrote uh, a blog piece called the joy of teaching yes Uh, they sort of modeled oh yeah i do remember that the steph curry uh the warrior model of joy right the approach to you know how much one person could be influential and flexibility Mm -hmm. and all that and so probably we'll bump that up i love that Twitter feed as well that is now relevant. It's always good to read uplifting, you know, kind of positive stuff in the summer too when you're ready for it. You sure. were for you were prescient. You were foretelling the future there. I was like, I'm going to write this again. once, and I can I can use it like five more times <laughs> as long as Steph Curry still plays. For <laughs> and, and look at us. I will extend the metaphor even further. We are Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Oh, look at the, us! The three of us. You got to have the big three, and yeah. we are the big three. Yeah, so if he needs to consult you, yeah, we're here to do that. Consult <laughs> you. All right, let's get back to the heavy stuff. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, structures to support the transition from eighth to ninth grade. We have all across the nation eighth graders that are going to be transitioning to senior high schools after missing probably a lot of seventh grade and some of sixth grade during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to have an open-ended conversation about what's that transition look like? Those structural school transitions between grade five and six, and then between eight and nine are big ones. 
ninth grade is a really pivotal year. So let's get into that. But before we do that, I I wanted to turn the the question back on you all. You you two survived the year. You were in new positions, both of you. That's right. Right. Um, uh, you first year in the schools that you were working at, and um, new perspectives. How did the year? How was it for 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 you guys? Was it as challenging as I made it out to be? I think in in some ways, yeah. Um, there, it was definitely very tumultuous in terms of kind of knowing what to expect. But for what whatever reason, it was like. I don't know if it was as emotionally draining as in years past. And I, I don't know exactly why that was because it wasn't like kids were in so much better of a place. And um, maybe I was in a better place or maybe my expectations were different. I'm not entirely sure, but it was nice to get it, I think under the belt as much as anything, you know, by the end of the end of zoom teaching and then the, the modified back to half back and half out and hybrid. I just, yeah, I was just done with it and for whatever bring, bring what it may. I was ready to be back in person warts and all new challenges and all difficulties and everything. So I was, um, you know, I think that that was a good place for me to kind of step into it, being ready for those, for those challenges and, and kind of whatever the year brought. So for sure. I mean, it was a super successful year. Um, personal growth obviously landed me in a new position, principal gig here at the end of the year. So nice. Nice. Yes. What what? And yes. Mr. and Mr. Sittens had taken the had had come over to the evil empire and left, <laughs> had officially left teaching, being as I always call you, Mr. Mr. Siddons, a teacher's teacher. <laughs> um now you are admin, as I'm they known, say. I'm known admin. What does admin way. say? Go um, ask admin. I don't know. <laughs> uh how about you? What was your what was your take on the year? It was obviously you know, there's people that were mentoring me that were like, you know, it's, it's don't worry. It's not like this. It, it's not this crazy. Um, so I hope that's the case. Cause it was, it, there are certainly, uh, it was certainly a challenging year, but I think the thing for me was the, 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 the way that the pressures came, it seemed like in waves, like there were, um, you know, two week, three week periods of time that were just like nonstop dealing with teacher outages or, or, right contact tracing or January, um, but January was rough. Yeah. Just like, you know, usually February is tough one for me, but we had like a period of time of January, February, and somewhat into March that was just intense. And I think the thing that stuck out to me is the, the most in this position was when you put out a call for help from, from teachers. And like, um, if you've, I felt like I did a good job at building relationships with teachers throughout the year and, it, you know, it shows you the power of um, teachers willing to go above and beyond just to be like, to help out the greater good and to help out just other people, regardless of your position. Uh, and that was just a heartening thing to to be a part of. It was really just pleasant. That's great. Yeah. yeah I mean, there were anybody that stuck it out through the year and everybody had to kind of go above and beyond in a lot of, a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. I, th- I think everybody knew that, we were all working hard and teachers are all working very, very hard. Yeah. And um, we're just trying to do the best that we can on any given day. You know? so, so let's do a little revisionist history here. I want to go back just for a second before we look forward. I've been thinking about the height of the pandemic and 
specifically school year 2021. A lot of systems um, didn't go back. Mm -hmm. They remained virtual for half, three quarters, even the full 2021 school year. Mm -hmm. A lot of those decisions were made that summer, the summer of 20. Um, When you look now retrospectively at some of the virus levels and the state of the virus across the country, you know, some of those, some of those levels were that summer were lower than what ended up happening when school was in session. Mm -hmm. So if you had to go back and do it again, would you have sent kids back to school in the fall of 20? I mean, I think in retrospect, yes, but I mean, but that's, it's totally in retrospect. And the thing I have to remind myself is that is at the time there were still uh, quite a few unknowns, you know, um, vaccines were not out yet. We thought that school, I think, and I, you know, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't remember everything, but I think we were, were not, didn't have enough data to determine whether schools were vectors for infection. Mm-hmm. I think some of the early stuff about, uh, actually, I don't even think, I think we were still worried about like surfaces even. Yeah. And not just the fact that it was solely respiratory. Right. So I do have to remind myself of some of that to, I guess, kind of justify. Cause I, you know, I'll put it out there. I was certainly not clamoring to like go back just because of all the unknowns and the uncertainty, right. and the effects of it and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I think f- to your point, n- knowing what we know now, certainly we probably could have gone back relatively safely at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the understanding the level of infection in a given school, we could, it could have been nice to be pivoting in the moment, you know, if a school needed to shut down for a couple of weeks. So be it. But I, I think, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but at the, in the moment, not being vaccinated was definitely a big concern. But now it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I think the other thing, matter. You know, the other thing too is, you know, we we look back and we, you know, if if next week we needed to switch to Zoom teaching, like I feel we could do it pretty easily. You know what I mean? At that time, though, coming off of spring of twenty twenty, the switch the immediate switch over to Zoom was so new, and I you know it was probably pretty much universally a disaster. I mean, the end <laughs> of that twenty twenty school year was probably pretty useless for the vast mm-hmm. majority of students nationwide. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's the other thing too is that we we kind of forget that oh, we could have done this or could have done that, but it, you know we're so much more adept. Um, and not that school systems now are so nimble, but I certainly think we're significantly more nimble in that arena. Right. Than we were at, you know fall of of twenty 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 or twenty one or whatever. Yeah. I'm. I I guess I'm. You had reminded me about the vaccines. I I'm that 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 time is a blur. So. I'm trying to think I got my first dose in January of 21, right? So we had had that first semester of the 2021 school year online before, and I was fairly early. Um, remember the three of us were scrambling to, yeah. try to get to try to find some place to get that first dose. But I've said on this show before, I've said to you all that I, you know, I deeply believe in kids resilience um, and that kids would be okay. I, I, that's probably the thing that gives me the most pause now is that I do think that that year was harder on kids than I anticipated it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I still don't think we know the, 
the yeah. full extent. And and I and I kind of wish, at least in education, there was more of a push within our field and our profession to get back. Um, and I, I don't I don't know if there were I don't know within the profession whether there was enough space for those to say, hey, let's think about the other another perspective on this. Right. We we should be back because of X, Y, and Z. Um, I, I, you know, certainly the public, there were different factions politically and otherwise parents and such that felt like we should be back. But I think the profession was pretty lockstep and that we shouldn't be. Is that, is that That's fair? fair? Yeah. I, I also think there should, there could have been a, a more nuanced discussion about, and there really is no nuance anymore in our discourse, but about, um, bringing in students with special needs, students who have exhibited major academic concerns, even if they didn't have an IEP, to have at least small in-person learning for that particular group of kids. So yeah. that in the event we did come back, that you know, at least they that group of kids would have been a little you know, and I I think more that's supported. True. I agree. And, yes. And let's let's not forget though, overarching teachers died and kids died coming back like in states like Florida where they came back super early. um, I'm trying to look up here for a a a specific number. So by October of 2021, um, 102 Florida educators and 24 students had died. And that was October of 21 before any of the other surges, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, probably at some point it went down to more or less zero. But is it, but is it fair for me to ask you whether that was directly school related in terms of where they got COVID? Yeah. It's yeah. And I mean, that to me, that's that, that again was the question from the beginning. Right. Right. Um, But it doesn't change the fact that there, obviously there were risks involved. I I agree. I agree. Um, But I, I, I think you're right, Casey. I think, maybe more of an aggressive approach earlier to getting kids back that right. needed more support should have been, should have been tried probably. And there, I mean, you think about just, uh, just how you, how systems can be nimble or how they should be nimble, like the, the summer prior and the summer after that first, that whole year on zoom, how can we pay teachers to be there in person our special educators pay them more, pay them a lot more to be there with kids. Um, I think there's lessons to be learned that we could glean for even future efforts. Yeah. All right. Um, I just wanted to, I think we're going to spend a lot of time in future seasons revisiting the pandemic and Monday morning quarterbacking. And that, that, that question has been kind of, because we're, we're going to be dealing with the effects for a while. A while. Yeah. So. yeah. And we were, I mean, we did the show all through the pandemic, right? Yeah. 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 Um, to the extent that we're still doing it on Zoom because because <laughs> I don't want you at my house anymore. <laughs> well, it's it's also easier. I mean, it's it is so for, much easier instead of traveling to you. Yeah. But I do like I do like the camaraderie of being I miss in person. The in-person. All right. I do like the in person. There's a memorandum of understanding though that we we're still in. We're, yeah, we're still, still we're still in COVID lockdown. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're still virtual. Now it's happening. When that runs well, out, it, it makes back. it easier for Robbie to say yes if it's on Zoom. Yeah, oh, that's true. You know what? I knew there'd be a <laughs> I knew there'd be a critical 
twist of this. Well, right. I, he went up and made himself an espresso right before a Ness, a Ness a espresso. Uh, what what color did you go with? Out of curiosity, I don't know. I can't. I'm purple. Embarrassed. I, I'm embarrassed. Light purple. To, I'm embarrassed to don't try to pronounce the flavors. Come uh, on, say it. Say it. It's they have co- hot... coca mocha coconut. <laughs> they have odd names. All right. Um, to better prepare students for the more demanding work they'll face in high school districts and schools should focus on building a transaction transition action team and developing a statement of need. I don't know why I just read that lead, but <laughs> that's according to Gene Bottoms, former director of high schools that work initiative. So um, in uh, K-12 drive, how can middle school leaders ease the transition to high school? Uh, Mr. Graves, you found this piece and I thought it was, uh, timely because of that transition that's going to happen for a lot of 14-year-olds across the nation to a very different school environment than middle school, um, which is the comprehensive high school, if you will, that I spend every day in. So this piece talks about some structures, some approaches, some processes that can support kids. For example, um, High schools should work to identify rising ninth graders who can handle accelerated classes and those needs and those who need scaffolding. They should also focus on increasing the number of students coming from middle schools who have access uh, to rigorous courses, students from all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic backgrounds. Progress monitoring should occur to make sure that um, curriculum in middle school best prepares kids for more rigor at high school. Uh, Then there was another interesting one that I know you two are going to glom onto, which was (laughs) kind of a project-based approach that middle school should have some kind of a interdisciplinary project, if you will, or project-based learning approach to kind of get kids ready to tackle complex issues at the high school level. Um, for example, one assignment could be asking classes to solve issues our community may face. It sounds like something we did once upon a time, Mr. Crable. It does, yes. Um, and then uh, that thing that we used to refer to as vertical articulation, a relationship between middle and high schools can also help students with the transition. So high school counselors, administrators, even uh, teacher leaders should work together to make sure that there's a lot of communication during that transition. And then finally, parents should be involved. So those are just a few examples. Um, None of them are totally earth-shaking other than that project-based piece. Casey, you and I always talk about, we kind of hate the, the, well, you got to do this because they got (laughs) to be ready for high school or they got to be ready for middle school. Um, But if we take that out of it and just think about kids in middle school, how do we make sure that they are ready for high school and specifically this group of kids who have been through a lot that we've just talked about. I I think, uh, you know, we obviously know that fifth to sixth and then eighth to ninth are the most challenging transitions for kids, right? You could argue that one is more, more challenging than the other, but um, I, I think, uh, uh, schools are already doing like orientation programs and things that have always been kind of the the norm, but it, is it enough? I would say it's not enough. And we need to think about ways in which not only that we're 
having more complex and comprehensive orientation programs, but also like what the one thing that they're talking about with that project-based piece is I kind of have two thoughts on that is like, it's a, it's a great way to continue to build that community in your school and in your school system. But it also makes me think about like, what do we, what kind of transition do we provide for kids just going from grade level to grade level? Like there's not really anything to, to help kids. I, I shouldn't say there's not anything. There's very limited things that schools currently do um, that help kids transition from six to seven or from 10th to 11 in a way that really kind of helps kids navigate the, the different teachers, the different classes, the different expectations. And I think there's a lot of uh, missing pieces that we can certainly fill in. Yeah, I was, I'm going to kind of, you know, a lot of what this article talked about was academic in nature and, and not to poo-poo any of that, um, but as somebody who once authored a, a, a something called Curriculum is Not the Answer, <laughs> I do, he's citing a lot of blood. Oh, I love it. I love it's it. Like, it's important okay. on the show to cite yourself, Robbie. Okay, I, I'm yeah. noticing. <laughs> I haven't cited myself or anything. I, well, I was gonna, I was gonna at the end of this, I'm gonna give you a softball. Um, okay. right. But you know, I don't. I'm not entirely convinced that like a curriculum or the right curriculum is gonna make kids transition better. Um, to me, it's what uh, Casey hit on when he talked about sense of community and belonging. And I think that's so much of, you know, in general, I think pre-pandemic, I would have said this, but definitely now is kids feeling a sense of belonging, kids feeling a sense of community. Right. You know, so I think for me, it's it's as much like, so the article talked about, it was actually kind of interesting where eighth grade um, eighth graders would go over and either get taught by like PE teachers from high school or they'd go over and have PE at the high school or whatever. And, you know, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure, that's fine. I, I don't know how effective that would be, but it's like f- every kid should be asked, what are you into about school or what right. are you into in general? Right. Because that to me, that's the biggest difference between high school and middle school is that you, you oftentimes double in size the yep. size of the school. Yep. Which can be daunting, but you also have literally twice as many opportunities. Absolutely. You get like there's a niche for literally right. everybody. Right. You should but be able to hook kids in a comprehensive high school. In, yeah. in some way. Yeah. Because there's every type of kid there and there's a, a million types of teachers there that, that right. are like into the same weird stuff that you're into. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so uh, for me, it's about those kids finding their people, finding the sense of belonging, whether it's a club or a sport or a class or a teacher that's going to really get them hooked in um, and believing like, you know, in themselves or, you know, kind of, I guess, bought in at this, at that transition. Right. But the, the softball here for you, Robbie, you know, we do have a doctor here amongst the group, <laughs> um, you know, not a medical doctor, mind you, but a doctor. No, I am, I, I'm actually, I am a medical doctor <laughs> <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> who has done extensive research on uh, the, the decline, uh, you know, specifically from fifth to sixth, but, you know, as much as anything transitioning between school buildings, you know, so I'm curious on, on kind of a lot of your reading and research that you've done in terms of what what helps to prevent that that drop off you know academic and or otherwise well at the risk of then throwing it back to you because both of you have done <laughs> well both of you have done like very innovative structural changes in transition grades i think um i i do know the 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 doctor thing was a long time ago now but um 
you know, the, the, the eighth, the ninth transition is, is confounding for kids as well. Um, I mean, I think Hopkins has done a lot of research on different kinds of ninth grade programs, not so much eighth grade programs, but ninth grade programs to keep kids engaged. Because typically if you, if you, when you walk into ninth grade on or below grade level academically, that is a, that's a tough place to be in as a kid. So I was going to say um, like, what, cause I, I don't know high schools today. Like what, what is it? Is it, it's too hard. It's, I don't belong. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I think what happens is, is that, you know, the tracking at the high school level is even you just talked about how many more opportunities there are for kids. You know, a distinguished superintendent, Dr. Jerry Weiss, used to say the problem with high schools is there's too many places to put kids. So, you know, if you struggle, you end up kind of getting in this cohort that you never have an opportunity to really engage in in rigorous coursework. Right. Um, and at least at the middle school level, tracking is not as ex- as extreme. It might feel right. it when you're in middle school a little bit, but it's not nearly what it is in high school. Um, I, mean, I think can- I think if you if you sorry, Robbie, but if you look at where do kids fall out? I mean, they they fall out of connection because of a lack of relationships with other kids and other adults in the building. That's where a lot of kids are falling through the cracks. And if we don't find ways for them to do that we're kind of losing kids. Don't you think? Yeah. I think, I think also, you know, tracking reduces the heterogeneity in classrooms. Right. Right. I mean, you, you're exposed to kids, the with same thinkers, cor- the same correct. kind of families. Yeah, unfortunately, because of tracking, I mean, you you're it's kids with the same background. Right. Um, I mean, you can have Peter, you can have four different math classes that ninth graders take. Yeah. Right. Everything from on level algebra to pre-calculus. Yep. Um, and so the sorting and tracking as soon as you walk in the door in ninth grade is pretty extreme. Right. I have no idea what your question was. Uh, it was, it was, <laughs> what are the, it, the transition I think can be just as rough instead of a significant loss of achievement by seventh grade, which is what we showed with project success mm-hmm. in departmentalized settings. Um, not so much with project success. Uh, what I think you see in high school is, is that kids not on track to graduate. Right. If they, if they are not hooked both from a cognitive behavioral, emotional engagement perspective, like you just talked about their niche, or academically, if they struggle, um, because it does get, I, you know, it gets, it, it gets significantly harder. Um, I mean, there's always been this sense that middle school can unfortunately be a little bit of a holding pattern and the rigor is not always there. Mm. Um, and then you get to high school and, and you're starting to get into some really heavy duty content. Um, and then you have AP courses, you have IB classes, you have all those things where it's, you know, college preparatory stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty hard, but I'm with you, you know, this article didn't really talk about that social emotional component, that, that engagement component beyond academic engagement. 
I, I'd be curious with, with, from your, your perspective, Casey, you did project success, which was a semi-self-contained model in a transition grade. Grable, you tried interdisciplinary teaming in seventh. I'm not sure of eighth grade. I can't remember. Um, I've thought, and I, it's been tried before, and I think successfully, I, I think interdisciplinary teams at ninth grade would be a fantastic idea. Yep. I mean, you could basically do, um, like, let's say you have a ninth grade of 480, 500 kids. You could do three distinct academies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call them academies, um, where you had a core group of teachers with a with a set number of kids. And there you go, Mr. Craves. You know, you could have themes that run across in each academy. Yeah. Um, both from a curricular standpoint and kind of a social emotional, let's build your high school skills kind of approach. You did that in Project Success, Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I think, especially where we are now with the kids coming into high school over the next few years that have been impacted by the pandemic, that to me would be something that that I would like to try. Yeah, Thoughts? yeah, I love that. I, I think it's a great idea. I, I going through Project Success myself the challenges of teaching all four subjects are, are rife. Obviously just, it's hard. It's challenging. It's what elementary school teachers do every day. But um, I think something that a lot of schools could find maybe easier in, in terms of scheduling would be just as simple as what Grable did at White Oak, which was you to do like a modified version where it's, you have, you know, the, your social studies, humanities teachers, the same, the social, the science and math classes, uh, teachers, the same, and that you have just less transitions and less people to have to keep track of from a student's perspective. And, and, um, even, and even if you didn't go that pure inter- interdisciplinary at ninth grade, because it might be hard, you could still have a core group of math, social studies, science, mm-hmm. um, English. Like the to, way the way middle schools were actually designed. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I think you could. I think you could. It would be tricky with some of the different levels and courses mm-hmm. and electives, but I I think you could do a lot for for kids in that that, that and and schools do it. Um, yeah. I, I I think it would be something to yeah try. And there's and there's the it's rubber. not doing no one does, very few people do it in high school. Yeah. Yeah. But but you have the rub is electives. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's it. Um, it's not a. You don't get something for nothing. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. And uh, you, so it's like you definitely give up flexibility elsewhere when you put kids together in certain ways. Because right. now it may be different in high school because, like you said, there's so many places to put kids. Right. You have 15 sections of Spanish three or right. you know, whatever the case may be. So maybe it actually becomes easier. I don't know. But certainly in middle school, that was a challenge. Was it was like, yeah, we we're gonna do this and it's gonna be great for you. It chokes your schedule. Uh, it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It limits you in, in these, uh, this other area. So, yeah. um, and you know, the kids don't always love it, but I'm a little, that <laughs> we know it's like, good for them. Exactly. You just read my mind. I, I kind of feel like it's a the little paternalism. Bit of, we, we know what's good for you and you're going to thank us later. Let me, um, <laughs> let me ask you one question from you were talking before Robbie. And um, it's, it's kind of a loaded question and it's, it's, I sort of want to, it to come across wrong, but like, is you've been a principal at all three grade levels? Um, you know, is there like, do you a specific grade or, or sort of like a threshold where it's like, man, 
you really got to get kids to point A or point B by X age. Or and and not to say that kids can't always turn it around. I truly believe that, and nothing nothing that they've done in the past, I don't think is going to prevent them from what they can do moving forward. But just maybe makes their their path through the academic setting more difficult if they continue to struggle by whatever age, you know. And, and I guess the context for me is, you know, I know that if kids leave middle school, um, coming in as struggling readers and leave as struggling readers, like. I know that's a that's a really tough place to send kids to high school mm-hmm. because of all those rigors that you had mentioned. Yeah, no, I I agree. I guess I'm, just I, the every well. one of them, every one of them is debatable. I don't think the elementary ones are as debatable. I think first grade with with reading is critical. You know, third grade the line always was instead of learning to read, you're reading to learn. Um, kind of the the cognitive leap kids make at seven or eight years old, and you know, reading multiple paragraph text, not 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 anymore, just focused on decoding or fluency. That they are, it's all about comprehension, and you know, can they make inferences? Can they understand what they're reading? I think clearly in 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 sixth grade, by the end of sixth grade, you want kids on track academically engaged you don't want to see that decline in achievement after the transition um and then i i think i think probably at the end of eighth grade to your point about reading and you know there used to be a the prevailing thought was that you want all kids or a lot of kids to have taken algebra by eighth grade um because if you're taking algebra in ninth grade um, you know, in this day and age, I, I agree with you. There's still, you can still make up ground in high school. You've got four years of high school, but that you are now kind of uh, without calling it below grade level, you're, you're, you, you've fallen behind a little bit in math. Um, and, and then I would say by the, by the end of ninth grade, you've, you've got to be doing well academically because i think that is a huge indicator of college readiness and graduation um not in that order graduation and college readiness yeah um so i think those are the i think those we could debate these all day long Um, i'm just kind of curious for some of the markers you know yeah i mean i think those transition years i think i think i think six eight the ninth and um uh, you know, there was, there's research about middle schools that fifth grade is actually harder than the first year of middle school, mm-hmm. that the rigors of fifth grade, that sixth graders are, it's just, it's easier. So instead of it getting harder, um, but yet, despite that kids in it's sixth strong. grade start to do, they don't do as well. They start to disconnect. Correct. Um, so I think you have this other weird line in the graph, Mr. Crable, that gets to engage, that's not just academic performance, but it's engagement. Right. I mean, I think that's the other, the or, other, or in, or, in, or in that case, it's it's the standards or the expectations of the teachers in that building, like the 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 fifth graders are the the top of the heap, 
in the elementary school right. and they're treated as this this cadre of people who should be doing more and should be learning at higher levels because they're at fifth grade and then when they come into sixth grade they're treated as the babies of the group and trying to and almost coddled to a point where it's maybe there's there's some expectation setting issues but you all did a lot at sixth grade to get kids engaged oh yeah I yeah mean, for sure and and, and but i'm and saying I, i'm saying like collectively yeah as a school so the, you know the other thing i was thinking about and then we're we're going to go to a break and come back and do the the last quiz of the season <laughs> um so kindergartners coming in you don't have a kindergartner entering entering school is is august entering school a kindergarten no it's going into second grade August is <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. That Pearl's was... a year away from kindergarten. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. So let's take Pearl for an example. Yes. For example, are the, are the, are the, are the kids coming into kindergarten this year? They're not going to be wearing masks. And then Pearl's group the next year, are they, are they going to be impacted by the pandemic or are they okay? Are we, which is the last group we're going to talk oh, interesting. about that is not pandemic impacted? Is it this group coming in these five-year-olds or is it Pearl's group who are four coming in, in the fall of 23? I think it's this year. Kindergarten. So I go with this year's kindergarten. Kindergarten. Kindergartners. So we're not going to be taught because they're not going to be wearing masks. Probably right. God, help us <laughs> um they're now they can be va- they've been vaccinated yeah yep um, we'll come up with a cool generational name for them they're like post-covid you know, right whatever. right so they might have missed some preschool some experiences pearl they, can't pearl can't swim okay well that's yeah, that's a problem that's, that's yeah, her parents that's what fault. she missed that's what she missed out on from the uh, pandemic oh yeah because the pools were closed yeah <laughs> parents wouldn't take her so I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be interesting because you guys are gonna be in it, and I keep threatening I'm two years away from retirement, but um, it'll be interesting to see when that conversation about these groups of kids because we're starting because of the pandemic, we're now kind of following specific groups and oh how did it impact them? Well, for mm-hmm. example, my Johnny walked out of high school in March of tenth grade and walked back in as a senior applying for colleges and that was kind of a that was that was impactful i mean yeah. he he they he struggled kids in this this senior class it was a lot for them yeah to come back into high school and oh my god i've got to do you know i've got to get good grades this first semester i got to apply to schools and i've been in my bedroom for the last year and a quarter right so Anyway, yeah, fascinating stuff. Well, we have a lot of fodder for our pod. Fodder, so it'll it'll keep fodder us fodder for the potter. So <laughs> fodder for the potter. Don't. I was waiting for the Jennifer thing. Um, all right. Uh, when we come back, <laughs> Mr. Siddons, is there a name for this quiz? A topic? Oh, well, I've not been a, doing it's well. A current events quiz, and then uh, I have a little surprise quiz all right okay i can't wait all right don't go away we'll be right back welcome back to ed's not dead as always ed's not dead is brought to you by 
the aforementioned Ed's Not Dead Media, full service educational media company specializing in leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Ed's Not Dead PC. Uh, we'll be tweeting about this episode. And I know, Mr. Sins, you'll be tweeting out the link to that uh, piece we just talked about, about preparing kids for high school. That's right. Correct? Yes. All right. This is the last segment in the show. Uh, we only, we've only had oh, two man. segments. We had a very long first segment. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of catching up to do. And now it is it's time for the quiz. All right. You ready? I'm ready. It's the last quiz of season five. No, I, I, I can't believe I, I thought we were season seven. I thought we were in season seven, maybe six. I thought it was um, six. I, what was it? 2007. It was 2017. It was 2017. No, it was 2016. Right. Well, uh, anyway. All, All right. right. Dr. Dodd, you're up first this time. Is this the parallel the first model? Three. It's the parallel model. Three questions for you. Three questions for crepes. You ready? <laughs> you ready? A multiple choice. Number one. President Biden proposed a three-month ban on what taxes to help lower high prices for consumers? Thank you, Mr. Sins. A, cigarettes. B, gasoline. C, sales. The gas tax. Correct. Number two, a 5.9 magnitude earthquake in blank killed more than 1,000 people in the eastern part of this country where people are already suffering from food insecurity and other issues. Did A, Afghanistan, B, Pakistan, or C, Sudan? A Afghanistan, unfortunately. Correct. Two for two. Yeah. And number three, Dr. Dizzle, a blank named Trumpet won best in show at the 2022 Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Is it A, a bloodhound, B, poodle, or C, beagle? So I was I w- actually watching it. <laughs> I had a vested interest. <laughs> uh, did you ever see best in show? Yes, it's one of the greatest, uh, funny, funniest movies ever made. Yeah, it is just beyond good. Um, and you'll recall, what's his name from Spinal Tap? <laughs> That's his right. dog was a bloodhound. That's right. And, and he loved walnuts and, and peanuts <laughs> and macadamia nuts. <laughs> uh, so it is a bloodhound. Very good. That's three for three, Doctor Dizzle. Look at me. Look that at was, you, Robbie. Have you have you mentioned your new dog on the show yet? I've not talked about. I've not talked about little Coco. We should. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, Coco. <laughs> we should tweet out. And we should tweet a picture of Coco. just pictures. Yeah, yeah. Coco is is pretty amazing. Uh, do you cute. do you ever look at your dog sometimes and it just your heart is so full it makes you want to cry? Oh yeah, yeah. That expression, <laughs> pet a puppy. Um, when I've had, (laughs) which is a little weird, I know, but I've had, um, you know, it was a hard end of the school year. Um, and I have to say Coco came along right at the right time. I got her six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, and she is my dog. Uh, I thought I was going to get a little more help from the fam with Coco. Not a lot of that. (laughs) Um, so, and she's very poorly trained. Um, she poops and pees everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but like, a, she, like a good dad. Yeah, like, like a, a good, good dad. Yeah, yeah. We're not much for consistency and training. Uh, in dads, yeah. yeah. So anyway, she's fantastic. She's a miniature doxy. Okay. Uh, long-haired doxy. Yes. So we'll we'll, Mr. Sitz, I'll leave it up to you. She's a mini wiener. Let's <laughs> dog for a, a for a day. Let's do, let's do it for like a day. We'll Just, dedicate Twitter. 
to just little cocoa picks. You we get well, and I will tell you, um, July eighth is mini cocoa. Day. She's already a social media sensation because uh, well, let's she. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I don't care. She came to work with me a lot in the spring. That is bad. Bad to the bone. Illegal. Who can yell at your principal when you have a puppy next to you? Oh, and she was the hit. Everybody loved her. I had I had kids coming to I had there at lunchtime. I literally had to like I had a dozen kids in my office and she was being passed around. Um, she made she made them happy. I mean, I really do believe in the dog therapy. We brought we brought in therapy dogs the last day of school. It was wonderful. Oh, the kids love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so Coco is she's already been all over the gram, Mr. Craig. But so I think okay. we should do that. Let's yeah, do that. Dodd. Mr. Dr. Dodd has access to the well, Twitter dude, account and he, out on he already does the tweets all the time. So he can just yeah. do the tweets now with Coco. All right, that all right that's that enough. Much. All right. Ask Mr. Crabble his questions. <laughs> all right. Dr. Crabes, number yeah. one, in a six three decision, the Supreme Court struck down a law in the state of blank. That limited the right to carry concealed handguns outside the home. A. Texas. B. New York. Or C. Massachusetts. Oh, I, I got nervous. New York. I knew that one. New York is correct. <sighs> Number two, health Aren't officials. Aren't you glad, Mister Graves? Now you can constitutionally. You're it's much uh, easier to carry my, a my weapons. Yeah. So much easier now. Your Glock. <laughs> Number two, health officials in the UK identified the blank virus in sewage water for the first time in 40 years. A polio. Oh, this is a hard one. B, B <laughs> Ebola. He might or C, on this. tuberculosis. Ooh, I'm oh, going. That's with. a tough one. I'm gonna go with polio. Polio is correct. Darn it. Very good, Mr. All right, Graves. well, let's add. Let's add. Can, I know this is your quiz, Mr. Sidney. Yeah, so you definitely stomp all over it. Uh, I know. So, <laughs> Mr. Crable. Yeah. Extra credit. Yeah. Tuberculosis TB. Yes. What was it referred to back in the day? 80 to 100 years ago. Oh, I know. Oh, you know, you know, Mr. Sid. Yeah. Uh, you're going to say it and I'm going to go. Yeah, I knew that somewhere. Um, the, the whooping cough. <laughs> is that it? No, no, I don't know. Do you know what it is, Mr. Siddons? No, I don't. It was commonly referred to as consumption. Oh, because it consumes the person yes, until there's that was no more. And my my dear departed dad used to sometimes refer to TV as consumption. Consumption. Mm, well, historical tidbit there. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Okay, question number three. Number three. Russian journalist Dmitry Muratov raised $103 million to aid Ukrainian refugee children by auctioning off the blank prize he won last year. Is it A the Pritzker Prize? B the Nobel Prize or C the Pulitzer. Okay, that's a, that is a very challenging question. <laughs> uh, wow, you can come on, come on, one hundred three million dollars. I don't think a Pulitzer Prize is worth that. I'm not sure. A Nobel they don't Prize. award the Pulitzer Prize to Europeans. I mean, this is on. also true. I don't know what the Pritzer Prize is. So I'm going to go with that one. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, that is correct. Three for three, Mr. Krabs. All right. Very good. All right. So we have a tiebreaker. What, what is the Pritzer prize? Do you want, uh, I don't know. It's made up. <laughs> um, do you want, do you want a tiebreaker? Uh, well, I, I, there's a sports question and then there's a uh, recreation question. 
Oh, I want the sports question. Sure. I'll go with make it All right. go with sports, so, Mr. Krabs. Do you have two sports questions? I have one sport question and one recreation. <laughs> Did you question. just say one sport question? I have oh. one sport ball question <laughs> and <laughs> one foosball question. I know a lot about recreation. So All I'll right. How, 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 how are you going to work this time? All right. Dr. Dodd, you're going to go first. Ready? Okay. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the 2022 blank cup. Oh, come on. Lord Stanley. Lord Very good. Lord Stanley. Stanley my which, favorite Lord. Which they which they promptly dropped and dented. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. They, well, were, they were very happy. Yeah. While coming over to take the team photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Crable. Recreation. For the win. Oh. oh I'm sorry. Or the tie. Yeah, the tie. The let's, FDA. End the, let's end the season tied or with a Dodd victory. Well, I have one more question just in case. So the FDA ordered e-cigarette company blank to remove its products from the U.S. marketplace. Is Jewel. it? I already know. Because I thought about uh, as a potential. Jewel is correct. Potential for the episode to see if we wanted to talk about it. Didn't really fit in, but, you know, there's an idea. Jewel is correct. So I have one more question. Is it that would be J-U-U-L. Correct, right. A is, court, it, is it whoever says it first? No, no, no. Uh, you're each going to have a chance to say it. Okay. Robbie's going to be able to say it first. Got it. A court in blank upheld the government's ban on same-sex marriage, saying that it was not unconstitutional. This country is the only one in the G7 group of nations that bans same-sex marriage. Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Stop. This is not a funny topic. I'm not. I'm laughing because you're making. Sorry, I was making mannerisms. Trump mannerisms. Oh, you are. Okay. Uh, listen. It's an Eastern Bloc country. Um, I'm going to go with it's G7. I'm going to go with Poland. Okay. Crable, what's your guess? I was I was thinking along the same lines. I would say Russia. I don't know if Russia is part of the G seven. I think they are because I don't know a lot about the G seven. I, I would say I would say Poland or Hungary. Yeah, Hungary is obscure. I'm going to go with Russia. Both incorrect. You want you want uh, choices? Yes. Yeah. France, Italy, or Japan? Japan. Uh, Italy. Japan is correct. Oh, uh, Dodd victory. Dr. Dodd pulls out the victory at the very end. Well done, sir. Well, well done. done. Really? So Japan does not allow same-sex marriages. Yes. Huh. Interesting. Didn't know. Yeah. And I don't even really know why I guessed Japan because I wouldn't. I don't know. That's interesting. Hmm. I thought it would have been. I'm with you, Crable. I thought it was going to be one of those. More religious. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and religious. those those Eastern European countries that are drifting back towards authoritarianism. I thought, yeah, some of those. Yeah. Anyway. Well, some we could end on some bright news. Sweden, well, well done, Mr. Sweden Sins. and 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 Finland. NATO are now part of NATO or are going to be part of NATO. It's about it's about dag on time. Great, those, it's great. Those, those neutralists. Welcome, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the fold. Yeah, um, I've I've kind of it's kind of it kind of upsets me the way the mainstream media um is not covering the war as extensively as it was now there's lots going on domestically that has turned the world upside down but um our world anyway no i agree 
I agree. But I feel like I've kind of lost touch with it. And it's yeah. still going on. Yeah. 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 Pretty heavy. Uh, on a side note, the Pritzer Prize is awarded for architecture. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, only a so, hundred thousand dollar <laughs> prize. Kind of fascinating that somebody was able to raise that much money from it. That is pretty cool. One hundred thirty million. No, one hundred three million. They raised for the Nobel Prize. They auctioned the Nobel Prize off for one hundred three million dollars. Oh, oh, I said Pritzer Prize. Oh, oh, so you, I no, really, you, no, you said Nobel. No, he said Pritzer. Yeah. I won oh. by I won by two strokes. Well, Robbie won by two. <laughs> The tiebreaker was for so I'll not. just delete that whole last yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Well, well, well. All right, fellas. So um, this concludes, I'm going to get it right, season five. I don't believe that. It's season six. Season five. No, it's not. We started in 2016. Yes, but our season's kind of our fluid. I thought our seasons aligned with the no, they were school years. School yeah. years. This is still year five, man. We okay, started right. in June 2017. All right. So I am not quitting the pod, contrary to public opinion. And <laughs> lots of people are talking. I've had to, I've had to tamp down a lot of rumors a, a on, lot face, of on Facebook. People were upset that maybe I was going to leave the pod. And I'm just, I, I had to tamp down a lot of rumors, put, a lot of trolls. Put, put his mind at ease on Twitter. I'm, I'm, you know, I know it's hard to get me to join the pod, but I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Uh, it's been another great season. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners, right, fellas? Absolutely. Um, we've yes. Had some, we've had some great guests over this season. Uh, it was a hard season to record. Uh, we were all pretty busy and yes, family life is number one for each of us. Um, mm -hmm. that makes it difficult as well. So, uh, any plans here in the short term in the summer? More vacations? Got a Always. bunch of concerts. I'm going to a bunch of fish shows. Oh, oh God. Uh, <laughs> dear Lord. Are you they played one that? You're 35 years old. Minutes. So excited. Would you please grow up? But so is everybody that goes. They're all super old this now. This is so... so it's funny that it says the guy who's still listening to the music that he was listening to when he was 19. <laughs> <laughs> against no. the wind <laughs> i've been running against oh first like of all, a rock bob seeger look little at that little bob seeger well, nothing, wrong with, bob nothing seeger. wrong with night moves mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but i will mention that that came out when i was like 10 oh not, not darn 19. darn sorry and sorry. i started the show pre-show i was talking about mumford and sons and kings of that's Leo. true that's true they were popular 10 years ago Robbie. so is it safe okay. to, is, it, is it safe to say that fish you guys are the modern day deadheads is that what you are i don't think so i'm not i'm a, I'm a professional i'm a professional fish yeah but you fight they, they don't they engender the same kind of like yeah. loyalty and i think i think fish is a little more upscale Okay. All right. Highbrow. I mean, you're not brow. wearing tie dye and taking acid, but right. I'm, you're I'm going to have a fun time, and that's instead it. Instead, you're going and drinking micro brews and vaping. <laughs> no, I'm not doing any of that either. Actually, <laughs> usually I'm leaving before the end of the second set and uh, going home to get home early. Tell me there aren't people drinking micro brews and vaping at fish. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't. I don't. I don't organize with those people. All right. So you've got you've got some you've got some some concerts coming. Uh, up. I I'm, I hit fish show twenty. That's impressive. In nice. uh, last August. So that's that's 
that's something to be proud of. Yeah, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Crable's like, I don't care. Yeah, uh, Crable's seen Crable, them like Crable's, Crable's seen them like fifty times. Are you was, more than twenty, Crable? Oh yeah, a lot more. Really? I was watching a playoff basketball, and they showed an arena. There was the Miami Heat playing the Bucks or somebody like that, or right. the Celtics, and they showed an outside view of the Heat arena, and I had this flashback, and I was like, I've been to that arena. <laughs> I, like, I, I saw fish in that arena. Like I hadn't thought about this. Is that a New Year's show? Yeah, and I was like, "What was that? Who was I with?" So I texted a friend. He was like, "No, no, you were with so and so." So it was New Year's two thousand three. Oh man, twenty years ago. Was that towards? Was that at the in Miami? Yes. Was that the beginning of your? Okay, before we before we log off. Yes. What was your? What year was your first fish concert? Each of you. I don't remember. It's probably like two thousand one. Okay. Two thousand. Nine for me, okay. Right. Because I, I they were broken up. My All second right. fish show, actually, both my first and second were with Crable. Nice. Oh, nice. One was in Charlottesville, and the other was in Philly. When I met my wife. That's right. I was the, I was I was there. You were when when Mister Crable met his wife. And had I just hired both of you, or were about to hire both of you? It would have been a year two years prior got it yeah. got it yeah because you were already with jenna when you came to argo mm-hmm. yeah um well just so you know i mean I and if you- and just as a side note if crable had not met jenna yeah i would not have met sarah also this true. is true now you did meet sarah after you hired me after i hired you <laughs> but but through because of jenna and pete correct correct yeah. But I kind of remember when you were first going on dates with Sarah when you were working at Argyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the summer right. I was starting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this is not fish related, but I know you guys want to know that apparently the Motley Crew tour is a huge hit. So How could you go big. wrong? How could you go it, wrong? They just played at uh, Nats Park, man. What yeah. Didn't... And they are, they are full on. Everybody says it's a great show. Oh, nice. So, I would take Crew over fish, but that's just me. <laughs> I'd see Molly Crew actually. I wouldn't mind seeing Molly Crew is a good show. I yeah, they're very good. All right, uh, you can find us at Ned, Ed's Not Dead PC um, on Twitter, and of course, uh, check out the various blogs. Um, Ed's Not Dead uh, I think a couple of them are pretty important right now. Um, you can go back and revisit uh, none that I've written, but my. Oh wait, I'm so sorry, Robbie. Last quiz question for Grable. What Nespresso flavor is Robbie drinking right now? <laughs> is it Ristretto, uh, Arpeggio, Roma, Livanto, Capriccio, okay, stop. Voluto, yeah. or yeah. Cosi? Livanto. Uh, yeah, that's it. Levanto. That's my favorite. <laughs> Good job, Mr. Crable. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I have that one. I can't. Okay. I told you. I don't. I don't even look at the names. They're, oh, they're, that's how about decaffeinato? No, I don't do never, that. Never. Never that. Never that. <laughs> that's hot brown water. Uh, Ed's Not Dead is brought to you by Ed's Not Dead Media, full service educational media company specializing in leadership instruction and 21st century school reform. Uh, please uh, share about the pod with your friends and colleagues. 
As always, fellas, we appreciate all of our listeners over the last five years, those that have been with us a long time, those that are just joining. Boys, hope you have a great summer. Um, we will be back in the fall, right? That's right. Uh, yes, you know for it. season six of Ed's Not Dead. Until then, for Casey and Peter, have a wonderful summer. We'll see you in the fall. Thanks. Thank you.